not what I saw, beast, but what I felt. Phoenix's mind is becoming dominant. There is turmoil, frustration, anger, yet an excitement. Perhaps through Jean's body, the Phoenix is experiencing sensations she has never felt before. That may be why she refuses to leave. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gospel X, the Gospel According to the X-Men. My name is Jonathan, and this is my friend Henry. And we're just so glad that you can join us today for... Uh, Another episode, which we will now be embarking on a saga called the Dark Phoenix Saga. And this is episode one of the Dark Phoenix Saga. As you can see in my background, I have the Dark Phoenix behind me. And uh, so uh, without further ado, how about we'll just have Henry, how about you give us a scoop on the general overview of the first episode? Well, basically, um, we jump right into a couple weeks after the Phoenix has been rediscovered by the X-Men. And uh, she's been undergoing some treatments because um, literally the Phoenix Force is now possessing Jean Grey. And there's no way for them to actually get it out of her. Um, so right now... The prof Professor Xavier says that he's been using his telepathic powers to kind of probe the Phoenix and ask her why she's still there. And what he feels is a lot of rage, a lot of frustration, but also a lot of um, what is it, excitement at experiencing something new. And so throughout the episode, we kind of see um, the Phoenix kind of take over um, Jean's mind and her thoughts because the Phoenix wants to experience these things that a human person experiences for the first time. This is in contrast to when we first saw the Phoenix, which was an absolute good that was there, had a purpose to protect the Emkron crystal and to protect the universe. And now we're seeing a dark caused by basically a uh, rampant, um, desires, you know, from the Phoenix. And then the Hellfire Club shows up. They go and send this dude to infiltrate Gene's uh, mind and put her in an illusion so that they, they feel like they can trick her to be able to get the Phoenix to, you know, go on their side. And it seems like at the end of the episode, um, they succeeded. And that's, that's kind of where we got at, but let's focus a little bit on, on why the Phoenix is still here and why did it turn so dark? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Um, the Hellfire Club actually exploited the Phoenix's desires, right? Like uh, first, like the Phoenix, oh, let's just say, let's, let's um, give a gender to this Phoenix, okay? Let's say it's a she, <laughs> all right? Okay, she, so, yeah. Yeah, so she, like, uh, initially, like you said, she was the protector of the Emkron crystal, and she was this absolute good power, right, that protected it and also saved um, the X-Men from annihilation, like, you know, literally. And uh, so, you know, we thought that, you know, hey, the Phoenix is quite good. And then suddenly she, um, you know, takes over Jean's great body, and then she realizes that there's many of these desires and sensualities uh, that uh, she never felt before, right? 
And so, yeah. and then uh, now, and then the Hellfire Club just realizes, hey, this is something to exploit. And so uh, the Hellfire Club just basically kept on feeding the sensualities to her and saying that we, we could give you these things, right? You, we could continue to give you these things. And then the Phoenix just goes, yeah, I want more, I want more, I want more, right? And without real, like probably, uh, well, probably she already realizes, but, you know, she just wants all this stuff. So from being a really good entity to protect something, uh, really have good intentions, really have this like pure whatever, and was on this iconic uh, um, pedestal of being the guardian to now being this animal <laughs> ravager, right? That wants more of something once it tasted it. What changed though, right? Like, was it, let me, let me float this idea. Was it because she lost her purpose? Her purpose was originally to protect the Mquan crystal, right? So now that that's gone, does it mean that if a force for good doesn't have a good purpose anymore, it just starts looking around for... You, you, you know what's interesting is probably does uh, I wouldn't even go that route. Uh, I would go even simpler. I think she was just plain bored, <laughs> right? You're trapped in a crystal for millions <laughs> and millions of years, right? Yeah, you're free. And then and then now you're bored, right? Um, and you know what is interesting? Uh, you and I were discussing this in preparation for this. Is that um, so? How does it apply today then, right? Uh, like, uh, do we see this type of thing happening? even today, and I say we do. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names, but we know of many well-meaning, good Christian men, leaders, who were, you know, icons of being this pedestal, these forefathers, these founding fathers of massive churches, um, these organizations that they have founded, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, suddenly this news bomb hits, that, uh, you know, in their personal lives or in their darkest corners, they do stuff that is not as completely contrary to what the image that they have already purveyed, right? And then they fall like a rock, <laughs> right? They just spiral down and go into rock. So what, and uh, what made them that? And a lot of times, what I, uh, what I know of and what I've been told and from books that I read is that when leaders like such as these become bored and they lose their sense of purpose that sometimes something has already accomplished and they're just like there's this word called idling you know like a car that's idling mm-hmm. and so then if, if you've been idle for so long uh you start to grasp anything that could entice your senses and uh, unfortunately for uh, these uh, good christian men leaders they fall into those temptations and then, uh, and then suddenly they spiral downward, just like the phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a, there's a very stark parallel there where, you know, any kind of force for good left alone to its own devices, you know, could spiral down. Um, yeah. Dark. So in a Christian sense then, since, you know, we're trying to provide a gospel uh, perspective on this, is the that... Well, don't, don't be idle. Like, I think uh, Jesus said it best, you know, keep working. You know, like, uh, you know, my father's working as we speak and I'm working. You should keep working, right? But also, um, don't be I- isolated. Don't find yourself in isolation. We're, we're human beings who cannot be, uh, no man's an island, right? That type of thing. And because once we're in isolation, once we're alone, that's when we find that 
we could be prone and open to all these sensualities that could, uh, you know, just grab hold of us and take us down with them, right? Uh, case in point, you know, recently, you know, our denomination experienced uh, a well-known figure that is like a, a great apologist, well-known for apologetics. Uh, you know, everybody looks up to them, but then suddenly this news bomb hits about two of them saying that, you know, he uh, lied about his credentials and, you know, uh, and then now, like, uh, now that he's dead, right? That they, all these women are coming out of, out of the woodwork saying that, you know, his massage parlors were, you know, just an infestation of uh, sexual assault. So where did that come from, right? And then I think it's because of just like, it's, we're human beings and we're prone to all these sensualities. And, uh, and that's how we could fall is that once uh, uh, sin hits, once there's temptations, and, and if we find ourselves by ourselves, that's when we get ourselves into trouble, just like the Phoenix. Just like the Phoenix. Right. So hopefully in the upcoming episodes, we see, uh, we'll see how far she actually falls and whether or not she actually gets, uh, gets out of that pit. Yeah, and you know what, without any giving away any spoiler alerts, uh, you know, right at the end, we realize how important community is to resolve this whole thing, right? Uh, at the end, it's like, a, when we say, yeah, you did, like the best solution is probably not to be in isolation. Well, guess what? The solution was to be in community. But that's for later. We'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk about later. Another, Another All right. day. All right. Anything else you want to add, Henry? No, I think we're good. This was a very good uh, introduction to the Dark Phoenix. And I'm, so, I'm, I'm certain that we have surprised many people on how we actually turned that into something to talk about. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining us with another episode of Gospel X, the Gospel According to X-Men. My name is Jonathan. This is Henry. And we're just so thankful that you can join us tonight as we discuss episode one of Dark Phoenix. Till next time, when we embark on episode two, have a blessed week.